All right, back here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire, ESPNNHradio.com. It is time for five questions as we do it every single week at 120. I have the honors this week. And in honor of the Bruins returning to the postseason for the first time in a couple years, we thought it would be a good time (laughs) to bring back one of our favorite buzzers, the very best of the one and only Jack Edwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be our buzzer. Uh, well, we've got a couple of clips here. So why don't you go ahead and, uh, when you're ready, say question number one. Well, I'll hit you with some buzzes. Question number one. Ah, you better pay him in rubles. <laughs> it was an unbelievable save off the Russian. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love Jack Edwards. This is honestly like one of my favorite buzzers. If we had to rank our top five buzzers, this would be in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's the best. Jack yeah, you, you just can't take away how good he feels about hockey and how much he loves it. He's there's, hilarious. There's passion in everything he does. We've been pretty lucky with commentators in the Boston area. We got some oh, good ones. Yeah, I got to say, was like Don Russell was awesome. He was mm-hmm. hilarious. Ten-year anniversary of the pizza throw, by the way, is coming up. Really? And, uh, of course, you guys remember the boob grab? Oh, yeah, the boob grab. Ago. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, and I got to say, very quickly before we move on to question one, um, the chemistry between Jerry Remy and Dave O'Brien noticeably better this year. Sure, yeah. you gotta get your feet wet. Yeah, you, know? you, think- you get used to being with a guy. You, get, you build a rapport a little bit, and then you're off and running. Yeah, you gotta get to know him. Jerry's kind of warmed up to him recently. I like that. I don't, you know, know, I don't know if Brickley's ever gotten used to Jack, but uh, you <laughs> I know. Don't think you have <laughs> I know I don't Mike. Know how you get used to a guy like that? <laughs> I know Mike Gorman has they gotten are good used together. to Tommy Heisen. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Good old they, you know what? They all work. All the broadcasters in this town seem to work pretty well. They Even do. the radio. Uh, all of it. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. We certainly have that chemistry. Yeah. We're awesome. We are. All right, guys. Question number one. We talked a little bit about Charlie. A little bit. We talked a lot about Charlie McAvoy throughout mm. the show today and how incredible it is that this kid, fresh out of college, is thrown right into the fire in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm. Be you. And, uh, you know, and we've talked about it. I mean, how much of an impact do you honestly think he's going to have, not just in the rest of this series, assuming that they get past this first round. Oh, you know me. Ashish. Through the rest <laughs> of the playoffs. Realistically, Dave. <laughs> I got a chubby Charlie in my shorts. Really, I know you like him, but realistically, how much of an impact do you think he's going to have statistically the rest of the way? And this year? This year. Assuming they get past Ottawa. Look, he's going to have an impact. Uh, I don't say it lightly. How often do you see a kid come up like this and have me just fawning over him? You don't fawn over anyone. I don't don't don't. say it very often. That's true. Yeah, Dave is like the resident party pooper. Anytime we get excited about something, you you kind of poop on the party. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Look. He's legit, Yeah. okay? And there was a ton of hype. I didn't know necessarily what to expect. I watched him in the World Juniors, so I kind of knew what his skill set was, and he dominated that tournament. He was the MVP of the World Juniors. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot. It's like the Super Bowl of Canada. Well, it's the Super Bowl for that age, Right. you know? Like, that's as high a level of hockey as you can play at the age Charlie McAvoy played in that tournament. Mm -hmm. Now, it, it... it never is guaranteed to translate over into the pro game, so you didn't know what to expect on Wednesday. Now my expectations have gone way up for this kid. They just have. And, and, and it's not that I anticipate he's going to put points up or even score goals here, but you just watch him. Uh, and now, you know, Mark, you've got a great eye for basketball. Ashish, you've got a great eye for baseball, football. I think all of us have a good eye for football. I have an eye for hockey. Mm-hmm. This kid can skate. He's a smooth skater. He's a, a good decision maker. And I was saying to you before the show, Mark, when the puck's on his stick, and, and just wait a couple years for it to develop a little bit, but when it's on his stick, it's like it's glued to his stick. 
Yep. His puck control is through the roof. And his skating ability, he already belongs here. He already belongs in the NHL. He's probably a better skater than about 85% of his teammates. You know, it might be Bergeron, uh, maybe Marchand, and then Pasternak that you're talking about as pure skaters that, that skate as well, if not a little better than McAvoy, but he's right there. He's a better skater than any defenseman that's going to be on the ice tonight for the Bruins. Let's and put it that way. Without Krug, without mm-hmm. Carlo, you got Joe Morrow Joe up today. Morrow, yeah. You got Chara, McQuaid, Kevin Miller, John Michael Lyles. He's the best skater on your blue line today. Yeah. So, And that's no joke. That's not even me exaggerating. He is the smoothest skater on your blue line today. And probably the best puck-moving defenseman that you got. Unless Joe Morrow, who's been in hiding for the past three months, and like witness protection or some crap like that. I don't know where he's been. Unless he comes up and his lights out, which I don't expect out of Joe Morrow. He's your guy. He's your puck-moving defenseman today against the one-three-one, And he's, he's probably top five in terms of skaters. Pure skating ability on the ice. That's that's what I see from this kid. Not to mention, we mentioned how he's got a little bit of chub in the face. A little chub chub. He's a little, a little chubbiness little chubby, going on there. You know? And so he looks like he's got some baby fat still. He's 19. Yeah. He's not, He's practically a, a high school student playing yeah. with men. But he's 208 pounds. He's big. He's not like Krug in terms of an offensive defenseman because he's got size. Mm-hmm. And when he made those two pinches the other day in that shift that they end up scoring the game-winning goal. Significant. He's, he's leaning on people. He held up the breakout. You know, that first one in particular, Pyatt has a clear shot to skate it up the boards. And he just la- he just lays the body on him and stops him in his path. You don't see that from a 19-year-old. I'm going to coincide with Dave, but I'm also going to talk about like his just gift. Natural talent, natural ability just to go out there and something that you just can't coach. You can't coach this kid because he has it. He has it in him to be successful. And he has it in it to be a good skater, you know. Take, take shots when needed. You know, be aggressive when needed. He has that instinct. Something that you just can't coach. You can't, a coach can't go and say, hey, we need your instinct to go out there and tap into it. No. It's all mental. If he right. has it in him, he will do it. So, and he will do it throughout the season. So it really is. It's the pure skating ability, just a natural God-given talent to skate. Yeah. And then, like you said, it was one of the things I mentioned after re-watching some of his shifts. The hockey IQ is already there. He's making good decisions. That may be the thing that you got to watch the most with the young kid. It may teeter. You want him to keep making smart decisions, which is why, again, I think he was a little shy on the trigger. A little trigger, timid, yeah. You know? But, I mean, let this kid loose. What do you got to lose? You you're you were almost a wild card seed here. You got a favorable matchup in the Senators, even though they beat you every time out this year. But you've, you've got a shot to win this series. What have you got to lose by unleashing this kid? Bruins fans are going to be singing Charlie McAvoy's name for a while, and it's going to start in this playoffs. All right, that was uh, that was question one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a long-ass question one, but I love the answers. Question number two, please, Dave. I'm Jack Edwardson. We are high. Yes, you are, Jack. <laughs> 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 well, isn't marijuana le- legal in uh, Massachusetts now? Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't know so, if you can be high on the job, though. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, you guys ready for a deep question? Today, Major League Baseball is celebrating Jackie Robinson Day, as they do every single year. As we all know, Jackie Robinson, Muhammad Ali, Jesse Owens, these are three of the most transcendent athletes in the history of sports. Yep. So I want to ask you guys, who do you think is the most transcendent athlete today? Ooh, that's transcendent in terms of beyond sports, their impact on society? Yep. Transcendent in 
He's bigger than the game itself. Or she. I, I would, I mean, if you don't mind me going, Go Dave. Ahead. Yeah. Um, he's retired, but, I mean, David Ortiz. I, I think David Ortiz had an impact on the city of Boston throughout, you know, the, the bombings of, of the marathon. And I think just a, a catalyst in regards to off the field um, for, for the Red Sox organization. You know, I, I think when you have that kind of uh, impact on a team, you really bring the city together and the owners can sit back and say, we got a special gift in this guy and we can have him run the organization while we sit back and just earn our, our stripes. Yeah, I think it's a little difficult to come up with a guy who transcends the game who's currently playing. So is that what you're talking about, though? Uh, Yeah, I mean, but I'll take Mark's answer, a guy that's recently retired. I mean, no one comes to mind for you? LeBron? I mean, LeBron, but I, he's such a D-bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, he's bigger than the game itself, but not in a positive uh, way. You know? that was hilarious. Yeah, well, it's because you mentioned in the question, like, guys like Muhammad Ali and Jackie Robinson. Who yeah. Right, positive, obviously, obviously positive not. Positive impact. Right. Right. Obviously not that. on the same. Yeah, you no, no one has had a positive impact yeah. on himself, Char primarily. Charlie McAvoy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Well, I mean, obviously, he's been retired for freaking 20 years. Look, guys but, like Ovechkin, Crosby, they're big than the sport, you know, that they play in. LeBron, definitely. Uh, you know, my, fir my first thought is Pedro uh, as a sure. guy who has a positive, because now he's doing a lot of work uh, in the Dominican Republic, really trying to, to help people from his, in his country uh, to have opportunities like he did. And he always mentions, you know, like, I want these kids to have the same opportunity that I did because I'm a product of just having the opportunity. To go out there. So Pedro's always been that sure. guy where he was so dominant, uh, and yet there was so much of an impact, I think, in the Dominican Republic with, with this guy uh, that he transcends the sport a little bit. Right. It's not here in America, but he's a guy that I think of right off the top. Maybe Roger Federer maybe comes Tom, to mind as well. Tom, bigger than the sport. Yeah, Lionel Messi, Tom Brady, My, definitely yep. bigger than the sport. Yeah. Tom Brady. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of guys I guess you can point at. But certainly not bigger in the than same, the sport. Certainly but, not in the same conversation as Jesse Owens, Muhammad uh, Ali. Right. And, I think I was thrown by you Robinson. mentioning those names, like the positive impact on society that they all had. Yeah. Uh, but but these Pedro are guys comes but, more but these mind. are guys that fifty years from now we're gonna look back and say, Well, Pedro Martinez. Yeah. And that guy was legit. You oh, know, yeah. in the same way that we look back at Muhammad Ali, Jesse Owens, but, and absolutely. Robinson. Ashish, absolutely. I think we're going through a tough time, too, though, because there's a lot of young and aspiring players and given talent. Um, but we're also going through a tough time where, you know, play, players are dying, you know, and it's. Yeah, the big, like, face of the league big players. Big face of the league players. Sure. Like, I think Jose Fernandez would have been a great example because mm -hmm. he represented Cuba in the most passionate way because he played for Miami. And he was part of that culture. So mm -hmm. I would have said Jose Fernandez for sure. If he was I, around longer, yeah. I know his backstory. You right. know, I, I thought it was a great sure. story. Mm -hmm. Sure. So. Still, still a very tragic, uh, you know, yeah. something that Miami's still reeling from. Yeah. Really. I mean, just in terms of those faces of the game, there there aren't many. You there know, aren't. baseball mm -hmm. doesn't really have a Derek a guy. Jeter was one of them. Yeah. Oh, Derek, Derek Jeter. Jeter. That's one we didn't even one. talk about. Yeah, yeah. Derek um, Jeter for sure. You know, hockey's got Ovechkin and Crosby. Still, Connor McDavid's going to be the guy eventually in hockey. NBA's LeBron by far. Steph, Steph Curry, Curry. Yep. you know, uh, I don't know. It's tough to really think, though, of one guy who's sort of the face of everything. Right. You know, it's more of a handful of guys right now. Exactly. It's sort of a yep. face by committee. It's a mashup. All right, question number three. Handle it goes down as if shot. Get up. <laughs> <laughs> Get up. I'm Jack Edwards, and we are high. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, question number three. What do you find... More concerning for the Red Sox right now, the inability to produce runs consistent, consistently or 
the inconsistency they're getting from their starting pitching? Wow, that that's a great question. I'm, I'm going to have to go with uh, the hitting because I, I think with the pitching, it will it will come along because I think Sale will be the anchor of the ship. I think Price will you know join him in the supporting cast along with Purcello. But I would say offensively, they really had to step up and start putting runs on the board. It's interesting because I was actually thinking the complete opposite. Me too. I was thinking but offense so will come much. along. It's not like – it's not – I understand why uh, the – you said the offense is the, the offense. concern for you. Yeah. I can see why because I think this team doesn't have as much power as we'd like to believe they do. I don't know if Mookie Betts has legitimate 30 home run power. I think he does. He did I mean, it look, one he's year. recovering but look, from the flu. Look, he's got a quick swing, and that's it. He's not a bulky power hitting dude. No, he's, he's, he's got a look, fast he's, swing. He's a pull power hitter. He's not a hit to all fields power hitter. But he's the guy you're looking for the most – to produce the most power. Uh, Hanley. Hanley. Can you yeah. count on that guy? I don't know if you can count on him. I, you I don't you know. need it. You need him to yeah. have power. You Mitch, need Mookie to have power. Mitch Moreland showing some power. But he's more but of like a 20, sure. 22 home run guy. Yeah. What do they have? Five home runs and they've given up they've 15. They've got like four, yeah. They've given up 15. Benintendi, Pablo, and Sandy Leone are the only guys that come to mind in terms of home runs this year. I mean, year. to me, they're both a little bit of a concern, honestly. The pitching and the hitting. Yeah, yeah. I think that the hitting will come around, though. Yeah, I'm more concerned right now about the pitching just simply because they have produced a lot of runs here and there. It's just been very inconsistent. Uh, yeah, uh, I th- remember the first three games we were talking about how they scored 15 runs right. all, all in three innings. Right, it was just so sporadic it in, scoring. It comes in bunches. Exactly, and the thing is, it's not just the fact that their pitching has been inconsistent, it's who's been inconsistent, Rick Porcello, Stephen Wright, mm-hmm. or should I say they've been consistently bad. That's probably a better way of putting it. Right, I think Porcello will find his way uh, back to the, Not necess- I don't think anyone expected him to be at the Cy Young level he was at last year, but... No. He should uh, find a home somewhere a little beneath that performance from last like year. Like 16 I would think. or 17 wins. Yeah, yeah. And, and the team's been in pretty much every game. Even when they fall way behind, they, they've they managed to claw back and win a couple of those games. So I think that the offense ca- can keep them in pretty much every game. You know, they're going to have to. I think that'll come around. All right, guys, question number four. Down goes Jones and houses for irony. The crowd wants a call for a hit from behind. <laughs> I love that evil laugh. <laughs> Just imagine this guy in the grocery store noted, like realizing that he's about to like capitalize on a major sale. <laughs> we are high. <laughs> Just getting so excited about <laughs> That would be him. It's just like 50% off toothpaste. <laughs> just gets fired up about everything. <laughs> Kidding me? This can of corn has a dent in it. That means it's free. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This past Wednesday, the Patriots Hall of Fame Committee met uh, to nominate three finalists to be enshrined at Patriots Place later this year for the Patriots Hall of Fame, obviously. Those three candidates, those three nominees, are Matt Light, Mike Vrabel, and Rodney Harrison. Pick one. Who's getting in this year? Uh, Light, Vrabel, and who? Harrison? Matt Light, Matt Light, Mike Vrabel, and Rodney Harrison are the three nominees for the Patriots uh, Hall of Fame. Vrabel and Harrison. You can only pick one. The I only, can only one pick goes one. In. Only one goes in. Oh, that's tough, actually. Vrabel. Not Matt Light. Matt well, Light spent his entire career with the New England Patriots, yeah, but, protected Brady's blindside. Vrabel was better. And okay. also, you have an offensive line bias. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't put in an offensive lineman over a linebacker right. and a safety. Yeah. I'll go Vrabel. I think Vrabel. Rodney Harrison's my second, honestly. I, I honestly think Rodney Harrison's... The, look, I know Rodney won two with the Patriots. Yeah. Light and Vrabel won three. Mm-hmm. 
okay? But I think Rodney's impact overall over the two he won was big. Look, Rodney Harrison, I believe, is he the only player in NFL history that's in the 30-30 club, 30 sacks, 30 interceptions? No he's idea. in that club. I don't know if he's the only one in that club, but yeah. he's in that club. Okay. And Small to club me, if he's the only one. Yeah, Yeah, I, I, I don't <laughs> know for sure. And I already was wrong about something else earlier in the show, but I know he's in that club for sure. I don't know if he's the only one. He's the only guy that I really see as the actual potential NFL Hall of Famer, football Hall of Famer. Sure. Mike Vrabel and Matt Light fall short of that, and I know they've got one more ring with this franchise than Rodney Harrison. But it's interesting that, it w- w- just very quickly, you guys said who? Vrabel. Both of you said Vrabel? I got Vrabel. Vrabel. I, was, I do like I Harrison. Said, Look, Harrison's a very close second for me. Yeah, from, right. from a charity standpoint, like, Matt Light is there. I don't like, think he, that really applies, though. But I'm just saying, like, he's always around Patriot Place and in the Foxborough mm-hmm. area. Still involved. So. Vrabel, still a very involved. physical player, had two two Super Bowl uh, catches, uh, touchdown catches in 38 and 39. I'm going Vrabel. Mm-hmm. So, Vrabel. Okay, interesting. All right, and we're going to be very quick here on question number five. And now an ode to the composite stick. <laughs> All right, guys, very quick here. (laughs) On question number five, it is my obligatory BS question. New Star Wars trailer dropped yesterday. I watched it like ten times. Dave, I know you saw it as well. Yes. Uh, Let's get into predictions real quick. What do you think is going to happen in Episode Eight, The Last Jedi? Well, interesting theory here coming from this direction because if you saw the uh, foreign language titles, right? The Last Jedi, very deceiving. It's like there's only one Jedi left. However, if you look in Spanish... It's like the the last Jedi, but it's Los Jedi. So it's plural. plural. More than one Jedi. As we know, Jedi is both singular and plural. Yeah, that's the thing. I initially (laughs) thought the last Jedi was talking about, and again, spoiler alert, if you have not yet seen Force Awakens, I don't know who you are, but spoiler alert, living under a rock. I thought it was alluding to Luke, who made an appearance at the end of Force Awakens. I thought it was talking about Luke Skywalker, the last Jedi, because as we know, Kylo Ren killed literally everyone else. As everyone knows that. (laughs) No, but but I think it is, uh, it's Luke and now, uh... And Rey. And Rey. And Rey. Yes. Uh, so they they have to be the last two. I don't know what's gonna happen. And Finn, <laughs> Finn is in like, and in the trailer we saw Finn in like an astronaut suit. So I don't know what's up with. That. I mean, he he got his back messed up. Remember, Kylo Ren swung a lightsaber and like literally cut up his back. Oh yeah. So I think that has something to do with it. But yeah. uh, I don't know. It's tough to tell predictions off that trailer. It was a teaser. It was a teaser trailer. Well, so we did see much. Ray training with Luke. Yeah, which we is know. Very I, exciting. Well, I think that, we knew yeah. that was gonna happen at the end. Mark, the, any predictions? Uh, the other one. No, I, I, I agree with Dave. I, I, I think it's going to be multiple people that, that survive. I think, very quickly before we hit the break, I think it's going to be Luke facing Kylo Ren, his nephew, in a big-ass battle at the end. And I, I Luke better not die, but someone's going to die between mm. those two. Someone going to die. Someone going to die. It's not Ren. We got the blast off coming up. We have around five questions. There's our Star Wars talk. We'll be back at the blast off. Don't go anywhere. It's the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm Jack Edwards, and we are high. Hamlet goes down as if shot. Get up. Twelve fifty ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's local ESPN.